Our gospel reading today comes from the gospel according to Matthew, chapter 25, verses 31 through 46. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats, and he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry, or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister to you? Then he will answer to them, saying, Truly I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Once upon a time, when my sister and I were around the ages of my youngest two children today, maybe 11 or 12 and 13 or 14, my dad was walking home from the church. He was the pastor at a small Presbyterian church, much like this one, and we lived in the manse across the street. And as dad walked across the church lawn on his way home that day, a kitten dropped out of a tree and began to follow him. Now, you see, we already had two dogs and two cats and hamsters and a foreign exchange student and who knows what else living with us at the time. So my dad did what any reasonable person would do and tried to shoo the kitten back to where it came from. But if you've ever had a kitten follow you anywhere, you know that once a kitten makes up its mind, there is no changing that tiny cat's mind. This little tabby cat was going to follow my dad home. When dad got home, he and mom tried to keep us from seeing the kitten, partly because they didn't want us to fall in love with it because we already had a house full, and partly uh, because they realized that the kitten had a large gaping wound in his side where he had been presumably attacked by another animal. 
and they didn't want us to fall in love with a kitten that might not make it. But of course we spotted the kitten, <laughs> and of course we immediately fell head over heels in love with him. And when mom tried to explain that we weren't going to take him in, we were going to take him to a shelter or find another home because we already had a lot of pets and we didn't have room, my sister, in a stroke of genius, quoted Matthew 25. She said, Mom, Jesus tells us to take care of everyone no matter how small because they might just be Jesus. What if he's an angel sent from Jesus? <laughs> we had that cat for 18 years. <laughs> Mischief wound up being a funny, personable animal who brought a little sunshine into the lives of everyone who met him. Was he actually an angel? No, he was a cat. <laughs> was he Jesus? No, again, just a cat. But was he a messenger? Oh, yes. <laughs> God delivered a message that day through the mouth of my sister because of that cat. And the message was, God always sees our kindness, even when it's just to a small, injured kitten. These days, many people seem to be quite busy worrying about who are the sheep and who are the goats we have stopped trying to fall, find Jesus in the eyes of others when we've allowed ourselves to get caught up in that. We can get so worried about making sure everyone else is towing the line and doing what we think is the right thing that we fail to see them as potential encounters with Jesus. I hear arguments all the time about why certain people are poor or wealthy. But we are not called to judge people's decisions, families, or pasts. We are called to feed the hungry and clothe the naked. We aren't told to screen them first for acceptability or compliance. People like to argue about how tough we should be on crime and what that looks like. But Jesus says that even those who are in prison, whatever led them there, are worth visiting. So we should stop sniping at one another about that and show some kindness to those who are stuck in the system for better or for worse. People are out there on social media and sometimes in person lately screaming and yelling at each other about measures we are or aren't taking to battle COVID-19 when what we are called to is to have the compassion and respect to care for those who are sick and scared and hurting and be there for them in whatever way we are able. A phone call to deliver a kind word or a video chat or a greeting card can go a long way these days. Maybe this is so difficult because when we think of who the hungry and naked and alone and sick and hurting are, it seems like an overwhelming task because so many people are hungry and naked and alone and sick. Poverty is, as it always has been, a worldwide and impenetrable force of evil in our world. Who are we to come up against it? 
But Jesus doesn't say, I was hungry and you solved the problem of food deserts. Or I was thirsty and you single-handedly funded clean drinking water for the entire developing world. Or I didn't have adequate clothing and you figured out a way to give everyone in the world a coat and new shoes. Or I was in prison and you fixed the criminal justice system and put an end to crime. Or I was sick and you found the cure to a scary pandemic. Those things are important to do, but we are not all called to fix the world. Jesus says in this passage, you fed me. You gave me a drink. You visited me. You gave me some clothes. You wore a mask. It's those little moments of compassion and care for the other that Jesus is calling us all to here. What separates the sheep from the goats is the small moments of kindness and love. What separates the sheep from the goats is that one sees people as problems to be solved. The other sees problems as opportunities for connection and kindness. It makes sense. When Jesus was here on earth, interfering actively in our history and walking around on the same dirt we walk around on today, where was he found? With the lonely, with the outcast, with the poor and the suffering. So, of course, if we are looking for Jesus today, where are we likely to find him? It's the small kindnesses that lead us to find Jesus in unexpected places. This king of all, Christ the king, we find him in the eyes of the prisoner, the sick, the hungry, the thirsty, the alone. Those who are overlooked and abandoned and mistreated by the kings of this world, they are the very ones who are seen and cared for and championed by the king of kings. We are called to follow a mighty and powerful king, but not by throwing our weight around. We are called to follow a mighty and powerful king who is found by caring for the very people the world denies power. We are about to enter into Advent, traditionally a time of year dedicated to charity. But I want to redeem that word, charity, this year before we move into that season. Charity is not merely an obligation. It doesn't mean tossing a few coins in the Salvation Army bucket to automatically fill your duty. Christian charity means seeing the suffering as important people, treating them like people, not problems. Treating them like they are each 
Jesus. Jesus isn't saying here in Matthew 25 that he's going to literally come back as a hungry person or a prisoner. But he is saying that every single time we overlook a chance to show kindness to someone who is suffering in this world, we overlook a chance to engage with Jesus. So this holiday season, I want you all to throw away your old definitions of charity. And I want you to throw away your old definitions of king. The charity of this world is fake. The kings of this world are fake. Every last one of them. So turn your heart to follow the king who is found by caring for the very people. The world walks past. Amen.